You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Guma, and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions tonight are Tamsan Ganeta from Shiloh Capital and Rikas Riedis from PSG Hole in One Reimsuk. Please be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gentlemen. Let me start off with you, Tammy, that joins us in the studio. We've had a pretty good November and even though uh, the market seemed uh, to kind of be uh, indecisive today as we saw a mixed picture we did see uh, the S&P 500 and uh, Nasdaq slipping into the red today but we did see the markets largely in the green ending off the month on a high note what have you made of trading this month commodities and interest rates okay that's the <laughs> big, big uh, impacts on the market so far and uh, the view is I think we we found some balance around our inflation story and I think the Reserve Bank is seeing the impact of, of the high interest rates. Commodity prices are beginning to also tick up reasonably well, uh, which is great for our commodity producers and miners. Uh, internationally, they've got a different story. Um, the inflation seems shaky, especially in the U.S. and the Fed might add, begin to become more hawkish again. So there's a view on pricing of assets. And we're going into the silly season. So there's a part, some stocks which bank on the season, some that don't. So uh -huh. we're going to see some <coughs> sort of marginal ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I mean, just uh, in the U.S., uh, uh, Rikas, uh, with that inflation, um, we did see consumer inflation um, slowing down. And then we had the PCE today, uh, which is the first prefer preferred measure of inflation coming in, in in line with market expectations. But still at 3.5, looking like it, it's still a way off from the 2% target. But also you've got that coupled uh, with that uh, strong uh, third quarter U.S. GDP. What do you think uh, the Fed... Um, could look to right now in terms of its next monetary policy moves? Well, it's sort of heading towards a Goldilocks, if I can use that cliche, recovery in the US. Your consumer spend is still looking good and um, inflation coming down. That's what you want if you, if you want to be in a position to at some stage um, start lowering rates. And, and you can see that in the probabilities coming into the market where obviously it's uh, reacting probably a little bit too positive considering that the S&P and the Nasdaq are both about, you know, almost double figures or double figures up for the month. But everything points towards um, inflation you know, starting to get under control without um, the interest rates um, you know, shafting the whole U.S. economy. And added to that, um, we saw European inflation numbers coming in, and that's pretty close to um, ECB target levels as well, which is quite surprising. I didn't think that monetary policy will be able to have... Um, uh, unified effect, let's let's say, on um, a bunch of European countries that don't really have a um, you know similar fiscal policy, but mm. but that's also um, sending positive signals towards the market as far as I'm concerned. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, tell me, you were talking about commodities, and I actually want to zoom into PGMs. Do you think that we could see a significant turnaround, or maybe it's not time until interest rates start being cut, where we could get a clearer picture of a global economic growth? 
Um, my view is there's great value in PGMs, mm. um, especially those that lead to production around new energy um, and the recycling of, of products, especially being done by some of the PGM producers. I think there's a large market for that. I think given what's happening with Russia and Ukraine as well, the supply side of PGMs is going to be quite a uh, hurdle for a lot of, for a lot of uh, demanders of the product. So my view is that market is going to tick up quite significantly over the next 18 months. Ah, all right. Um, quite an interesting question that's come through here. If you had to hold one stock on the JSC for 10 years, what would it be? Uh, Rikas, I don't know if that's a simple one or a difficult one. One stock on the JSC for 10 years. Um, no, I don't. I don't think I would take that attitude because a lot of things can change, not only mm. um, company-specific but also country-specific. So, um, and by instinct, I'm far more of a momentum investor than a value investor. So there's not something that I will hold for 10 years. I hold things mm. until such time as, as they're either too expensive um, or whatever fundamental view I had on it changes. Uh, it's quite interesting because when you talk about long-term investing, mm. the narrative is that you will hold whatever you have f forever or for a, a long time. Is maybe that not the, the narrative that should take shape, that you should uh, be holding something, that this is a, a moving game, it's, it's a moving part, so you, you need to change with the times as well? Yeah, I think it's where you invest, right? So if you're looking at larger markets like the U.S., you can take that view. Mm. Uh, the economy is relatively predictable. There's certain f macroeconomic fundamentals. If you are looking at our side of the world, which is the emerging side of the world, there's a lot more volatility, a lot more change, a lot more okay. transition. Um, so holding a, a stock for a long period of time has, has some negative effects. So I think if you were to look at the JSE, you'd have to take a framework of, is the stock dual listed? Does it have great impact outside of South Africa and you can find that basket of stocks when you look at the market in which they operate and is there a foreseeable future and then maybe there could be something but generally speaking it's a complex thing to do on outside of the world to hold a stock for that long uh, you can hold Apple or yeah. Microsoft for that long but it's, it's going to be tough for you to hold a similar or relatable entity stock in South Africa or well, Jersey Just sticking with you, with Richmond not be one that you could hold because um, it's on the JSC, but obviously it's got this rand hedge effect. Um, understand that it, it's, it's got these different geographies where, for example, now there's a struggle in China, but even that I don't think is seen as too much of a headwind that it's only short-lived. Yeah, but who is it competing with? There's LVMH on the other okay. side. Right? So as an investor, oh. you look at the opportunity cost. You say, I could be in LVMH, much bigger, much broader, mm -hmm. more value, or I could be in Richmond. So, so that's, that's why it's a complex thing to say, I'm going to be in a JSE listed stock for 10 years. Uh. I think you could potentially do that in a much larger, uh, more developed economy. Um, in, on our side of the world, regardless of where you are, if you're in the emerging world, it's a very difficult prospect, mm. unless you've been in it for a long time, like Naspers has been in Tencent. But generally speaking, it's a, it's a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, Rikas, just, just lastly on this question, as much as you can't pick out one, one single company, 
Would there be sectors um, that maybe you're like, you know, these are quite defensive, so I could hold these or companies in these sectors for a while? <coughs> yeah, well, again, considering the number of listings we've got left on the JSD sector allocation is, um, is somewhat nonsensical because you'll have one or two companies in a sector. Okay, yeah. But if I can add to that, if you want to hold something for the long term and, and you want to hold South Africa, you go and buy the index. In other words, you just go and buy the either you know equally weighted all share or the subject story if you don't mind that. Because then you're going to benefit from survivor, um, you know, survivor bias. Um, the company that you thought might do very well over 10 years and doesn't will fall out of the index and something else will take its place. And on a historical basis, the South African, you know, the all share index, since um, it started off back um, in the early, um, you know, of the, the last century has been one of the best performing markets in the world. Mm. Never mind what's happened over the past 10 or 15 years. So it's got all the essence of an emerging market. Um, and who knows what's going to happen in 10 years to the South African economy. Mm. So if you want to do long term, just buy the index. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's talk about SPA. They came out with results today. Um, Obviously, I feel like there is a diverging uh, n narrative on the sector because a lot of people are saying, you know what, ShopRite is the best one, just go for ShopRite. Mm. And some people are saying, Spa and Pick and Pay look very cheap. Um, and they think that they, they have a lot more upside and ShopRite is at a premium. Um, yeah, actually, let, let, me start, let me start off with that question. ShopRite or the other ones that have been beaten down mm that that so, have uh, maybe more upside so retailers have two outside the numbers so the yeah. numbers definitely show there's a potential for value yeah a value investment but there's also potential for a value trap yeah, but in if you look at not just the numbers you look at two things one s market size with potential growth mm. and two who operates the business so ShopRite has clearly had the market side and the operator advantage yeah does it still have that advantage we don't know or the, the future will have to tell, especially as the owners and the controllers of the company get much older. Now, SPA would be more nimble, in my view, than Pick and Pay. Pick and Pay has got a lot of stores and a lot of franchises, and they're not performing as well in comparison to ShopRite, right? Where SPA takes a very niche approach, they target very niche markets, they're more nimble business, and I think they potentially could have more growth uh, and more profits as a result over the long term so if i'm picking between the two i'd pick spa i think if you're trying to build an anchor portfolio in retail you take ShopRite. they'll deliver the numbers they'll give you a good return and you understand what they're about yeah it becomes a who who is the better horse you're willing to back and what market is being addressed yeah. as it stands i think pick and pay is in trouble um and they are potentially ripe for some form of uh takeover Hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been hearing that quite a lot. Um, Rikas, before we go to a break, uh, I just quickly want to zoom in on SPA because also the numbers w looked bad as much as you had this double-digit uh, growth in turnover. Um, headline earnings per share almost halved. 
but you had some investors going in there. The share price was up about 3%. Um, and I'm wondering if there was maybe a divergence between, or investors thought that there was a divergence between the current numbers and the outlook. Yeah, I think I think um, the results were probably less bad than people expected, which explains the um, jump in the share price. If you believe the recovery story, which I think mm. um, will happen at some stage, um, and you don't mind the volatility in the meantime, then yeah, um, you can stay with Spa as long as you know it's going to be volatile as. Um, as they go forward, and I won't be surprised if they come to the market for funding considering their mm. debt levels. So you've got to take that into account as well. Mm. So it is for the longer term and more adventures, which seems like a dichotomy, but that's what it is. Yeah. If you want, if you want stability and a quality company, then Shoprite is the obvious answer, mm. even at current prices. Mm. I don't think you're going to lose money in Shoprite mm. um, over the next five years. Ah, all right. Let's get to more questions. Uh, Rikas is an interesting one. Uh, CA Sales, uh, which, if I remember correctly, was unbundled from uh, PSG. Um, CA Sales holding for five to ten years. That's the if, uh, um, FMCG distribution uh, company. Uh, holding for five to ten years? <laughs> that question again. Eh? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically. Look, the <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, well, we were talking about long term, and then I, yeah, um, you know, if, if everything goes well, then I'm a long term in investor. But I always, you know, let myself be guided with the um, price and the dividend return of this specific company is mm. doing as well. But at the moment, considering their dominance in the market, their latest results, you know, they're the sort of second in line in the whole um, retail space. They don't have a shop floor, but they move things mm. to the shop floor and they are the dominant player or one of the dominant players in that regard. So it doesn't matter whether Pick and Pay is doing well or not or Willis is doing well yeah. or not or ShopRite is doing well or not. <laughs> Somebody's going to use them for their services. And they've got a great track record, great management, great results. So I'm very happy with that. Just or to hold it, um, but just remember that it will ultimately be tied to the state of the South African economy and specifically the consumer. If nobody shops, nobody wants to send goods by road or trail or or whatever. But as far as the fundamentals of the company is concerned, yeah, I'm happy to hold it. And if it does well um, next year and the year after that, and maybe for the next 10 years, then I will hold it for 10 years. If everything remains the same. Yeah, what in stats, if everything remains the same, then sure. Um, Tammy, is this one that you look at? Um, not really, but I think mm -hmm. uh, logistics businesses are always interesting. Um, I think they, 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 they are the heartbeat of the economy. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't outbid macroeconomics. So if the consumer is really hurting, yeah. um, it's going to be tough for the retailers to continue ordering. But I think as a business model, I think it's very sound. They, they do B2B, they leave the retailers to manage the consumer and the customer. Mm. I think as a business model, it's a sound business model. And I think if you are looking into the FMC logistics space, uh, it would be a good business. Ah, all right. Uh, there's a question here. Um, 
It says, I have my TFSA savings in global funds. Should I be worried about the USD to ZAR to invest or should I worry about the global share prices? This is for this tax year before Feb 28, 2024. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Uh, Rick, is on your side. I think um, as far as the US dollar rand exchange rate is concerned, obviously well, one of the most volatile emerging market currencies you can get, but on a longer term trend, it has been weakening. So um, you should get, it, get the benefit from a um, from a stronger dollar on that, and um, I wouldn't be worried too much about global markets in um, comparison to the South African market. I think it's it's probably not as exciting as the South African market to be invested in a um, in global larger companies, but. Um, Considering this is for the longer term, um, probably the better route to go. So, yeah, I've, um, to answer that question, no, I wouldn't be too concerned about his current positioning. Yeah. Anything to add there, Tommy? No, 100% yeah. agree. I think if you're in a, if, especially if you're in funds, you've got a large portion of the market, you bought the market, mm. and that volatility shouldn't hurt. Uh, the RAND now is a very topical issue, uh, <laughs> but I think uh, over the long term, you are a net gainer. Uh, all right. Um, well, a company that gained even in this environment is Lewis. Um, so they also had, uh, they released results today, uh, top line growth over 8%. Of course, we did see a reduction in the bottom line, uh, but saying that their margin grew as well. Also, the dividend uh, grew, so investors were quite happy there. We saw the share price climbing over 5%. Um, Rikas, do you think that Lewis um, just has enough experience in this kind of environment that it <coughs> is basically one of the, one of the winners, even in, 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 in such a, a subdued environment for, for consumer demand? If you will allow me, I'll start this from another point. It's exactly the same price as it was in 2005. Oh. Um, <laughs> great dividend return. And everybody always says, oh, value stock, just look at the numbers. Yeah. Um, what, what would surprise me is if Lewis doesn't come out with this kind of result in this market. But where's the future growth? Um, it's doing what it, it has been doing for a very long time now. So there's, to me, no change in earnings profile coming from coming from Lewis. So if you're only interested in, I mean, obviously, um, the fact that it's the same price as in 2005 doesn't mean it hasn't gone up and down in that yeah. period. I mean, at some stage, it was worth about 90, 90 rand, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But the price tells the story. It is what it is. And until that earnings profile changes, it's not something that I'm interested in. Tommy, can you look at this as maybe a steady eddy um, and that you can't expect too much growth? Yes, in some periods like we saw, when was it in, in 2020, 2020, June 2020, July 2020 and 2021, mm -hmm. um, 
it was it was all the rage um but over the long term you can't expect too much growth but you can expect steady growth yeah i think it's uh, you'd call it a dividend stock i think yeah. you you it's it's almost similar to a bond you get your money through dividend you invest uh they run a steady ship uh nothing 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 drastic about what they do mm. if they decide then to try and grow go and earn an mna splurge or something of the na of that nature then maybe there's something to look at as a growth stock but as it stands now if you're looking for steady dividends over time i think they they deliver even in down markets mm. well uh, another company that seems to be delivering is hyprop uh, they uh, released their four-month operational update. Of course, they released their uh, annual results. Uh, when was it? In September. And saying that they are delivering growth in their key metrics. So of course, focused on the retail space and with very low uh, vacancies there. Um, Rikas, I know that a lot of people have been flocking uh, to these uh, property stocks, assuming that they're cheap. Would Hyprop be <coughs> one of the stocks um, that you'd be flocking to or not? Well, it's better than a number of others, but I think in line with um, Hyprop's results, local property companies, I won't say they've turned the um, corner, but certainly the results over the last reporting period has been better than you know, it's been over the past 18 months. Whether that's turning, a, whether that's you know, the start of an upswing, I think is a little bit too early to tell. But if I were to be in a property stock, I would still be um locally in far more specialized counters whether it be things like um storage for example or um or spare holdings or otherwise mm. if you are confined to the local market take take a look at some of the offshore listings locally like Shaftesbury or mm. um or Carlson. Tammy, I know that you, you, you don't like <laughs> going into <laughs> property stocks, but I must even say, even Delta is making inroads mm -hmm. in terms of turning the situation around. Of course, they have a very, very long way mm. uh, to go. But does that not at least uh, encourage you to at least take a look? Um, no, that's not uh, as, stock as part of the stock market we, we appreciate. But what, we can, what yeah. I can say is that uh, it's the part of the market that seems to have gone through a very severe correction uh. and is starting to come right. I think the pricings and the valuations are, are coming right mm -hmm. and they, there will be some s stability going forward. Whether there will be growth, that's yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. But definitely one can say they've gone through quite a severe correction and are looking to reestablish their balance sheets better. Yeah. Uh, and that will both them while going forward. Ah, all right. Well, let's get to your stock picks for today. Jens Rikus, what will it be? It's Infineon Technologies. They're listed in Germany. They have a spinner from Siemens. They're one of the biggest microchips, um, microchip manufacturers in the world. Um, specifically concentrated in the automotive, automotive sector and also in green technologies and consumer. In line with the rest of the semiconductor market, they've, um, they have been rallying what differentiates them from me, and we were talking about Lewis and a change in earnings profile, is Infineon's leadership and also dominance in something which is called silicon carbide microchips, which is a new kind of chip that's used specifically in high temperature environments, like for example, solar energy, and could be the new thing.
as far as that industry is concerned. Everybody is concentrating on artificial intelligence at the moment. I think they're forgetting about the advances in industrial companies. Infineon is going to construct the biggest permanent carbide plant in the world in Malaysia over the next few years. That could be a huge game changer and an earnings vector for the company. Ah, all right. Uh, tell me on your side, what are you picking? Staying local, Sibanya Stillwater. I think they're good stock. They're, the pricing is right. They're in multiple uh, minerals. They have a great investment offshore, which is going to target the battery technology. Their model around uh, recycling is really good. I think they're getting knocked over by the price, but they're reducing their balance sheet uh, burden from the debt. And I think over the long term, they will have a great um, upswing and position in the market. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, James. Really appreciate it. That is all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest, Tamsang Laneta from Shalo Capital and Rikas Rieres from PSG Hole in One Reimsuch. Coming up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.